Hi everyone listening, my name is Yassi and I was diagnosed with anxiety at 19 years old after my first panic attack. It's been seven years since then and throughout these years I've come to find I am not alone in the battle with mental illness. My purpose for starting this podcast is to collaborate with my friends and soon to be new friends in order to end the stigma around talking about mental health. Also while incorporating my love for the music that gave me the strength to find myself once again and help me focus on the upside to my mental illness. These are stories coming from people from all walks of life on their mental illness or habits they've developed to become more self-aware. This is The Upside. Teenage years are hard as it is, but when you're surrounded by arguing parents and dealing with depression, it's harder. You find yourself alone, feeling like no one understands you, and with no motivation to go on. You have no energy to reach out to anyone, so you just deal with it on your own. You find out your one support system cheats on you, and you see your school grades dropping. You miss a whole week of school, and your baker acted. You're diagnosed with bipolar disorder. This person will remain anonymous and this is her journey with mood dysregulation. Hi guys, my name is Yassi and this is The Upside. Just kidding, guys. We're going to be doing this as a normal podcast. Um, I just want to thank everyone who's been listening to the first two episodes that I posted in January and also the two episodes that I posted in February. Um, The feedback has been great, and I appreciate you. Today, I'm interviewing my cousin, Michelle, who is not going to remain anonymous. (laughs) Um, So, how you been lately? Good. I just got out of work today. I work a good old nine to five. Oh, that's nice. I'm a responsible young woman, uh, kicking the ice myself. <laughs> so recently, um, you had like a pretty scary accident, and I know like driving is one of your like kind of triggers. Like you get really anxious driving. Yep. So how how have you been handling that? Um, at first, I handled it incredibly bad. <laughs> Um, I took some time for myself to reflect on what I wanted to do, how I wanted to move forward, and I got great support from my parents who, after every mistake I make, they comfort me. So, obviously, you know, it's just going through the motions now, dealing with insurance, but I'm fine. Everybody's fine. I didn't kill anyone, so it's okay. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so, I've known you, like, forever, basically. You're my cousin, my younger cousin. But there hasn't been a lot that has gone in your life that I was unaware of growing up because it was very, like, hush-hush within our family. Like, you know, it was, like, finding out maybe months later, like, oh, Michelle's got autism. And it was like, oh, why? Oh, I don't know. You know, like, they didn't want to talk about it, which, you know, it's part of the stigma behind mental health. Like, people are ashamed to share about their children going to see a therapist or psychologist or psychiatrist and you know it shouldn't be that way like it should be fine at least family to know what's going on so that we could also be there to support you know everyone so I mean it sucks I wish I would have been there for you that you could have felt comfortable talking to me about that stuff but you know it is what it is um you talk about being sad or feeling sad 
from a very young age. Why was that? Um, I think I'm a self-identified sad girl in <laughs> every sense of the way. Um, a lot of my childhood was pretty rough being from an immigrant family, being, you know, not well-to-do, and just being kind of lost in a world of people that don't really are from where I'm from or look or speak or have hair like I do, and just feeling very lost in all the media that I consumed and being around people that didn't share the same interests as I did just because I was a little bit, you know, like, quirky, alternative, and, like, weird my whole childhood. Um, a lot of it also came from having a bad relationship with my parents for a really long time, and I think I never really identified with someone or identified myself until I grew up. So it was really hard being a little kid that was lost. Yeah. And, like, you talked about, like, you had a group of friends while, like, in middle school and stuff, and then you kind of drifted away from them because of the same reason, because of, like, just interests weren't the same and stuff. Yeah, like I said, I was always a sad girl, so I was always, always into, like, the weird, sad music. You know, my emo phase isn't really a phase. It's literally who I am. So it was very hard identifying with, you know, other 14-year-old girls that listen to, like, Bon Iver, like I listen to Bon Iver. And it was really hard to, like, listen to, like, weird... You know, I had you as a cousin growing up, so we all listened to weird music at home. But I didn't find friends that listened to weird music like I did. Um, to clarify, it's not <laughs> weird music. It was just more, like, alternative rock and bands that, like, were still underground. Like, they weren't famous. They weren't on MTV or anything, so... Yeah. It, and most of those bands, like, like the reason why this podcast was started anyway, too, also, is they talk a lot about emotions. They talk a lot about dealing with, you know, different stressors in their life and how they get through or how they don't get through, you know, songs, sad songs about breakups, sad songs about, yeah. like, not being enough for your parents. And yeah. that's what we chose to relate to because it was just kind of, like, helping us get through our own issues. Um... So, you found yourself a boyfriend. Yes. I was 16. Yeah. <laughs> and I think this was your first, like, official yeah. boyfriend. You got introduced to the family and all. Yeah. You were very happy. Now I have, like, 20 of them, so. <laughs> <laughs> you are very happy. Um, because you finally found someone that you could connect with. Yeah. In a, in a lot of senses. He was Nicaraguan, too. His family was a lot like ours, you know, we did the weird traditions, and it was nice, he, he tried to get me, in a way. And then what happened? Uh, we were, we had been dating for a couple years now already, uh, we were 17, and um, he cheated on me. And then, what did that cause? I got Baker acted. That I just recently found out what it meant and that it happened to me. <laughs> I got Baker acted without knowing what it was or what was happening to me because I was so... There was no mental health education ever for me. So I thought I was just sad because I was just sad. And what led to all of this? Like, you're, you found out your boyfriend cheated on you. Um, like, what else was going on at that time that caused, you think, caused, like, this rock bottom quote-unquote so I didn't really have friends in high school high school was a really weird time all of my friends were either older than me or went to different schools or lived in different states and in my own high school I didn't have friends 
uh, that I, again, didn't relate to because I was, again, the weird girl. And um, academically, I wasn't, I was always so used to being the top student and I was trash. I wasn't getting the scores or the grades I wanted. And that's when, you know, high school, it matters. And it was mattering and I wasn't doing it. I wasn't delivering. So it was an accumulation of that. And again, another factor that's always constant in my life, my parents had a divorce. They had broken up. And I was meeting their new boyfriends and girlfriends, and it was a really weird time. Yeah, yeah. I can imagine. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so you had your parents, you know, breaking up. You had your boyfriend cheating on you. You had, you know, bad grades at the time you weren't proud of. So all of this was just kind of weighing in. And what was it that you were, like, was crossing your mind at that time? Well, I, nothing was crossing my mind. I would lay in bed for 24 hours and not get up for school and not get up to do anything. Um, you know, I mentioned I wasn't showering, I wasn't taking care of myself, and I literally would just lay in bed and fall asleep either or stare at something or watch a little bit of TV and I had no thoughts. I was just there. And then that was when your mom decided to take you to the doctor? Yes. She told me, hey, are you going to go to school today? And I said no. And it, it was already the... I think it was like the Friday that I hadn't, you know, I hadn't gone to school that whole week. And she told me, okay, we're going to go to the doctor. Um, I hadn't showered. I smelled terrible. And I was wearing stained clothes from like food. Like I wasn't even, I wasn't even wearing clothes. I was just wearing pajamas. And she took me to my pediatrician who was like, are you going to kill yourself? And I was like, yep, I'm thinking about it. And <laughs> it was this old man that I've known since I was a child you know, coming to this realization. And after that, I was taken to um, Citrus Health, which is kind of like a... Yeah, it's a mental health organization that we have here for Rivas locally um, that basically is like the resource, like the place that you take someone if it's an emergency when it comes yeah. to mental health in this area. Yeah. Yeah. And, I mean, they told you we're going to take you to Citrus and you were just like, okay... Yeah, at that point, I had I felt like I had nothing. I didn't care about anything. I was like, okay, I mean, at least I won't be in bed all day. <laughs> so I went. Um, like I was mentioning to you, there's a lot I don't remember. There's only, like, fragments. I remember I smelled really bad, and everybody was talking to me, and I was like, I don't even want to open my mouth because I haven't brushed my teeth in so long. And it was just shameful, uncomfortable, and just gross. Um, I had to say goodbye to my mom. I couldn't see her, and I was locked away in a in a room with kids. Really weird. They were all mostly younger than you? They would separate us by gender, so it would be the older girls were mixed in with kids under 10. But, like, it could be boys and girls. The boys and girls, the boys were under 10. Hmm. So, um... And, like, that's one of the things that I also, like, feel causes that like fear of speaking up about mental illness because when you get put into these places like it's not a very nice environment it's not very warm like tell me about the environment in that place um so i went to a high school that was like for cops or whatever sorry that's my wonderful <laughs> dog so we uh i've been to a lot of jails as field trips and I finally felt like I was literally in jail. Really? It was, I could, they had cut strings off of my pants because they said I would hang myself with them. Mm. Um, 
they didn't give me shampoo or soap. Like, I would just shower with cold water, and there would be somebody outside the door knocking every five minutes to make sure I was alive. Yeah. And I, it was it was literally jail. Um, I would just sit around, and I read a lot. I met some of the girls who were, were way younger than me. I was 17, and they were all, like, 14, 13. And, wow. I was like, why am I even sad? These girls are, like, having it tough. But, again, that's the whole stigma with mental health, you know? Yeah, you can't think that you're not allowed to feel what you feel because someone else has it worse. Yeah. Like, that's another thing. Like, you can't be afraid to speak up. Yeah. Just because you think, oh, I have it good. It's, it's, everyone has a different, everyone has a different tolerance for certain things. And if you can't handle what you're going through, that's okay. Yeah. You know, you gotta put yourself in your own shoes and say, well, hey, you know, I have been dealing with, you know, my parents, with this guy cheating on me, with school, and it is a lot for me. And it's okay for me to not be able to handle it. Yeah. Um, it was really eye-opening. I remember the day I got out, I was literally like, wow, this is what sunlight is like. <laughs> I, <laughs> <That's good. laughs> I was like, why was I even sad? Um, but obviously, you know, it's just because you got out that you feel different. Um, and that was the first time I was medicated for um, treatment with whatever was going on. And when you were at that place, how long were you there for? I think I was there for five to six days. I remember I went to see you, but they didn't let us in. So I think they just let your mom go in. And um, we were just kind of outside. Yeah, I didn't. I wasn't even allowed to be told that you guys were there. So I didn't even know you came to visit me. Yeah. Um, it was just my mom and dad. And um, it, it was tough. I felt like I was in jail. It was tough. That sucks. <laughs> yeah. That sucks. Um, so you're there for 10 days. And no, five to six. Five to six, sorry. <laughs> it wasn't for ten days. I okay. think it would have been like crazier. And then you said that you felt like it was like ten days or something. Well, I felt like I was literally there for years. <laughs> they um they like had me there for oh, I would take classes there too. Because mm. I was there for so long or whatever. Usually they're only there for twenty four hours or something. Oh. But they were really worried about me, so I was there for five to six days. And um I had to take classes there and it was literally like the most basic math and stuff and I was like 17 like what is this <laughs> I'm done <laughs> um so you when you were there they had you see a psychologist or a psychiatrist I had a counselor and I had a um psychiatrist okay and they diagnosed they evaluated you and they diagnosed you um they had diagnosed me with bipolar disorder um with manic depressed uh I was I was being manic depressive at that time how did you feel when you when they told you that? Like, was it like eye opening? Did you agree with it? Did you say no? I don't have that. Like, how, what was your perception of all of that? At first, I was like, I'm not bipolar. Like, I was like, I don't feel that way. Um, and then I had follow up appointments with them until I turned eighteen. So I had my own counselor I switched her to, and she was like, no, we think you are bipolar. And I was like, <laughs> excuse me. <laughs> and it was like a lot of me being like, no, I don't think so. A lot of my parents being, uh, no, you're not. Mm-hmm. So um, it was really hard for me kind of to come to terms until recently now that I'm like, yeah, I am bipolar. So. Okay. So once you finished with Citrus, um, you said you were medicated. Yeah. Did you continue the medication that they gave you at that time? So citrus, when I went in, I went as a child. Um, so they gave me a lot of help 
mm-hmm. and my and they gave my parents a lot of help too. I turned eighteen a couple months after that, so I couldn't afford to keep going. Okay. And I didn't seek medication or anything else like that until last year. Okay. And how was that gap for you? Like knowing that you were on medication before stopping the medication, did you feel like more aware of okay, I do need the help or did you feel like you were handling everything kind of okay? Well, that was kind of when I was like 18 through 20 mm-hmm. and that was really hard times for me. Um really confusing. A lot was going on. I honestly I don't re- remember much of it because I guess again I was very depressive, very manic. I would do crazy things. Um, I was like you know partying, going out, but then I wouldn't get out of my house for like three weeks because I was like anxious or sad or something. So it was really a weird time, and um, reflecting on those times makes me realize that now I have it good. That you know now I'm doing way better for myself. Um, and I guess it started when I was 21, when I was like, I really want to make that change to get better and seek help. Yeah. Do you think that it's like with most people, I feel like with, you know, people with diagnosed with bipolar disorder, it's really hard to come to terms with it because you do have your good days, but then you also have your bad days, but then you think, no, but I'm fine because I have my good days. Like what, like it takes a a while to kind of realize like okay yes I am noticing a pattern that I need to kind of like work through like what would you tell someone who might be feeling the same things that you were feeling in regards to seeking help that you have to like realize it like you're wrong yeah like, it's not normal <laughs> it's not normal to feel these way this way and it's you can't do something about it because I would those three years where I was kind of just like, oh, you know, I'm growing up and, you know, it's a weird time. It was a weird time, but I made it harder on myself than I should have by not seeking help and by not coming to terms again with being like, you know, it's not normal to feel this and that, even though I feel, you know, even though I can excuse it by saying, well, I'm growing up, you know, it's, it shouldn't be that hard to grow up. Mm-hmm. And... So now you went to, so when you turned 21, you got insurance and you went to see another psychiatrist. Yeah. How was your experience with that? It was really eye-opening. Again, you know, he kind of, <laughs> I was telling him something and I reacted kind of in a really like weird, aggressive way. And he was like, yep, that's what I mean. And I was like, oh, you're right. <laughs> and then again, it was just, I guess I grew up and I was like, I realize you're wrong, you know, you have to shut up and listen to what other people are saying to you. Mm-hmm. So it kind of, it was a, you know, he's like a hip guy. He's like a funny psychiatrist. <laughs> so it was easier to swallow what he was giving me. Mm-hmm. It, it, he made you feel comfortable with what he was telling you. Yeah. Uh, he's my boss. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, but he is great at explaining, you know, what's going on with all the chemicals in your brain and everything. Um, and so the term that he proposed for you to use in this case was mood dysregulation, not so much bipolar disorder, more mood dysregulation. Um, and so he gave you medication for that and you're taking that currently. Yes. Um, after my accident that I had, um, I thought it was a good idea to kind of, you know, go back on medication. And so it can help me out in these tough times you know, where it shouldn't be as hard as it is so I can find help in medication and counseling and all of that. So. And 
like a lot of people are against medication um you know either because they're scared because they don't understand how it works they're scared what it's going to do to their body um but do you feel like you feel more like motivated to work on yourself when you're on medication yeah i feel like it gives me a responsibility too like i'm kind of like oh have to take my meds you know it gives me something to make me accountable to feel better for so it gives me kind of like the excuse to be like you're taking your meds so you know you should be doing better you should be feeling better and it makes me makes myself accountable to work on myself because i'm like you have the support system you're seeing somebody you're getting medicated for it keep working on yourself you're just doing better and yeah. i think you feel that way too yeah. because you yeah. you're always working on yourself you're always trying to do better and you're always on the right path so right and it's because like the times that i haven't been on the right path in the sense that i haven't felt motivated or i hadn't felt good about myself was because i wasn't on medication yeah like and it's something that you know it's okay to not be a hundred percent on just your own yeah it's okay to seek help in the sense of medication is going to help you kind of balance you out and give you just make you feel like yourself again because that's what i would always feel when i wasn't on medication i would feel like i didn't have control over like what i was feeling um and i just felt lost i didn't feel like myself i have always been a confident person mm -hmm. in the sense that i was always out there like talking to people and like i was in chorus and i didn't care i was singing <laughs> in front of people and then at a certain point my you know my confidence and my self-esteem just started going down 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 and i didn't understand why if i had always been so confident when i was younger you know why this was affecting me so much and then you know it's also part of growing up yeah. you kind of your eyes open up and you kind of see like hey you're not hot shit yeah you're <laughs> there's other people doing other like amazing things that you're not yeah and you start trying like comparing yourself to people and that makes it worse and then when you already have you know a mental illness it's hard to get yourself out of that hole and medication comes in to kind of help you to just get yourself out of that hole be put everything in perspective and just start working on what you know not your weaknesses but you know just what you need working to work on, on and think of ways to kind of handle different situations differently for example with me it's always like change when something is changing in my life i freak out i don't know how to handle it because i don't have control over the change and so before like i used to get cold sores when i would get really stressed i don't know if you remember yeah. i don't get them anymore because i know how to handle like the moment that i know okay there's a change coming i'm gonna get stressed so just do things that are gonna help you kind of relieve that pressure so i'll go to the gym or you know i'll start listening to all my favorite songs that'll kind of put me in a better mood and a better perspective so that i think of things positively and not negatively yeah um speaking about medication i think when you first started you know going through your whole anxiety thing that was when i was kind of growing up too and then i remember you know the hush hush in our family being like oh yeah she's taking medication and then it kind of like inspired me to be like if yes you can do it i can do it <laughs> so i think like you know i you know i was joking earlier growing up you know out of all of us who was sadder and you know it's kind of like we've all kind of grown up with our own mental illnesses 
But um, even though we didn't know what each other was going through, we've kind of always had that support system Mm -hmm. in a weird way. Yeah. Because I know, like, you, we've always, we're both Capricorns. (laughs) So we always bump heads when it comes to things. We can only handle each other for a certain, like, amount of days, and then we're, like, done. (laughs) I'll see you next month. (laughs) But, and I know that, like, there was times where I would try to talk to you, but you were just very defensive, very closed off. And, I mean, it was just also part of, you know, depending on what you were going through or how you were feeling that day that that affects. But I didn't know that, you know. I was like, oh, she's so mean all the time. I can't tell her anything. (laughs) I can't talk to her. But it wasn't that you didn't want to talk to me. It was just, you know, how your mind was reacting. Yeah. You know. And in parts, like, again, you can't physically yourself produce more neurotransmitters to kind of tell your brain, like, oh, ease up. You don't have to, you know, be sad right now. You don't have to be super happy right now. Yeah. Like, you can't regulate that. The only thing that can is medication. Yeah. So... Like, I, I, bipolar disorder and mood dysregulation disorders are interesting to me in the sense that, you know, it's hard for that person to perceive that, to yeah. see that. But once you do and, you know, you get help, it's, you feel better and then you start meeting the goals that you want to meet in your life because now you're, you have functionality, you have, you know, like you don't feel the pressures of being like super because you couldn't like you did you feel like you could control when you were feeling that sad no and then a time that I was like really like wow I'm I'm bad like I need to get help was recently with like one of my um ex-boyfriends we would fight constantly and it would just be because one day I'd be like I don't want to be here I want to go home I don't want to be at your house and it would be like two in the morning and I was like wake up take me home right now and it was just because I was feeling you know I wasn't on medication at that time I wasn't functioning, like you said. Like, I wasn't functioning because I was thinking way too much about my emotions. I was feeling constantly different or not right or not how I wanted to feel. So it was really hard to control and to function. Right. So, I mean, I'm glad that you're back on medication. Yeah. And (laughs) I hope that it helps, like, lead to more, like, self-awareness thoughts in your head because it is important to be self-aware of you react to things and you know every every time it gets easier and every obstacle will get easier as we go like (laughs) um so i was applying for um my master's degree because i do want to be you know a therapist after doing this podcast i realized i do enjoy talking about you know mental health and i want to have the credentials to do so and Well, I applied to the school, and I was not accepted into the program. (laughs) So, I think, like, before, I would have probably been devastated and crying for days. Yeah. But it was only, like, a brief, maybe three hours that I was, like, you know, kind of, like, breathing in, like, it's okay, it's fine, you're gonna be okay. Like, it's not a big deal, there's other schools, it doesn't matter. You know, you worked really hard on this, but it's okay, you know, that it didn't work out does not mean that you're not, like, a valued person. doesn't mean they suck. (laughs) It just means it wasn't for you, and that's fine. Yeah. So I just kept repeating that in my head for, like, three hours, and then I got over it. Yeah. And I was fine. And I think that's only because I've learned to take that, those negative things, and kind of find a positive out of it. Like... My dog dying, you know, yeah. that was, that you was dealt horrible. with that so well. 
I mean, I didn't. I would still cry, but I think that I was able to handle it better because I kind of looked at like, okay, but she lived for fifteen years, you know, yeah. like that's a long time, and I'm grateful for that. And you know, my dog, my other dog, had just gotten lost, but then we found her. So yeah. it was like, okay, so you lost your dog, you found her, and then your other dog died. But there's like a balance. <laughs> So it's sad, but you're gonna be okay. Yeah. Because now you have this dog that you found again, and you know everything happens for a reason. And I just try to do that. I just try to find the positive and be grateful for what I do have, and that kind of helps me put things into perspective and stay kind of like positive and not like beat myself up thinking that like I suck or whatnot. Yeah, I think. Um, since you know we've known each other since birth pretty much it's really easy for us to see the flaws in each other and see now that we're older and more conscious and more aware and we're young adults Mm -hmm. even though you're old (laughs) whatever um we can see you know how much we've grown and I like seeing that in you you know you've always been kind of in these last couple of years a positive person which maybe back then I didn't realize it or realize that that's what I needed in my life but even your little tidbits of, hey, you know, you're going to do great or whatever, it, it always helps. And then, you know, whatever you see in me, that somehow, you know, I've done better over the years. So it's crazy how, like, we've all, we know, we've grown up together and we've seen the changes ourselves. Yeah. And it doesn't matter how long it takes, but it's always, you know, the first step is just seeking help, talking to someone about what you're feeling. Yeah. Like, the more you wait the longer it'll take for you to get there. And then when you do get there, you're going to be like, I should have woken up sooner. <laughs> but then again, it's the process of healing. Right. And some for some people, it takes, you know, to hit that rock bottom to realize it. Um, For some, it, it doesn't. For some, it never gets there. Even rock bottom doesn't make it, you yeah. know? So it just depends on how... If you, you have to put yourself... I think it's very important for people to kind of take time to reflect on themselves. And I think little by little, like, our generation is kind of getting to that. Yeah. I've seen a lot of more posts about mental health on social media or little things about, like, you know, do your best today or I hope yeah. you have a great day. You know, people are trying to be more positive and that's good. And I hope that it continues. I think at one point mental health should be like a regular checkup yeah just how you go to your regular doctor to get your physical checkup you should get a mental health checkup just to see how you're doing how stressed you are with work or you know you're feeling anxious about certain things like just talk and you know it could avoid a lot of issues that people develop in the future when they're adults and yeah i mean we might be made fun of as the generation that's, like, the saddest. Yeah. But I think, you know, we're working on it. No, and the thing is, yeah, you're seeing more sad people, but that's because more people are talking about it. Like, yeah. our parents went through a lot, too. Oh, yeah. All but our they parents just, have mental health issues. <laughs> but they've never... The reason why they're not marked on, you know, a graph is because they never spoke about it. Mental health wasn't a thing back yeah. then. Like, you weren't allowed to feel sad. You had to go to work and bring food home, you know? Like, there was no excuse for you to feel sad. You couldn't just stay at home and do nothing. And even if you did, it wasn't something you would want to share or could share, you know? 
back then women were you know if they were hysterical they had a mental health or something they were locked up before oh yeah i remember that yeah documentary <laughs> and now it's like you know it's it's postpartum depression it's this or that like it has names it's you know it's being studied it's being answered like the question why you feel that way so well i'm glad of the progress that we've done um do you have anything else to say to anyone that might be going through something that we went through? Um, literally just, you know, and you think it sucks now, but it'll suck more later. <laughs> it'll suck more later and then it'll get better. <laughs> it really does get better. Um, you think your shitty day is going to be the shittiest day ever and then Something it gets better and you get, and you get a shittier day. <laughs> but you get through them. I mean, you know, that whole quote of you, you're alive now, so you've passed you know all your shitty days at once mm-hmm. and you've done it and you've overcome all of them so yeah that's pretty much it um you sorry i forgot to talk about this but you picked bon Iver song titled powers as your song yeah why is that because like i said that song came on like what 2011 2012 and i was like a i was like a young young little girl listening to this weird middle-aged man sing with his guitar and his rear falsetto and nobody else is listening to that except, you know, my cousins and me. <laughs> so it was a song that, even though I love so much, nobody else got. But I love this song and I still listen to it now. And, you know, if I have a hard day or something, it brings me back to... And it reminds me I'm not that same person anymore. So it just, you know, It's love more the song. like a nostalgic song now. Yeah. yeah. And it's funny that you say that no one got the song. Is that because you felt like no one got you? Yeah. That was so weird. <laughs> so you do see a double meaning in that song. <laughs> um, well, guys, thank you so much for listening, Michelle. Thank you so much for sharing. I know it's it's not easy. Yeah. I think if I would have asked you to do this, like, <laughs> maybe three months ago, you'd be like, no. <laughs> but, you know, you're working on yourself, and thank you for sharing, because it is a disorder that, you know... It's isn't talked about a lot. Yeah. Or it's looked at as like scary or weird. Yeah. And that's not how it is at all. I'm it's just a normal girl. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of people have this and it's okay, you know? Yeah. They just need to get the right help so they can function and it's just like any other disorder. It's just just like anxiety, just like depression. It's just a mixed both basically. Um thank you guys for listening. Um, please email us at theupsidesfm at gmail.com if you have any questions. I will be having a psychiatrist come on and answer any questions that anyone has. So submit questions to the email. Um, most probably we'll be talking about a specific disorder and we'll do more episodes with him. And he'll just kind of discuss, you know, whether the difference between someone who has anxiety like an anxiety disorder and someone who isn't really having doesn't have the disorder just has like those symptoms at the moment um which will be good to compare and yeah i hope you guys have a great month (laughs) of march is the first episode of the month and i'll post another episode in two weeks so again thanks for listening bye bye